Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome into Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. I'm Brady Cannon, along with my partner, Wes Reynolds, back for another week on the PGA Tour. And Wes, we got one in the win column last week, back into the win column for both you and I. We had Tom Hoagie in the neighborhood of 60 to 1 to win the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am. And he did just exactly that, winning for the first time on the PGA Tour. Congratulations to Tom Hoagie and the Long Shots crew. Yeah, it didn't take us 203 weeks like it did Tom <laughs> Hoagie, 203 starts. And by the way, two weeks ago at the Farmers, Luke List, 206 starts. So not everybody wins right off the deck on the PGA Tour. So a great win for Tom Hoagie, 60 to 1 outright winner for both of us. Really terrific ball striking on the back nine. If you look at the numbers, nine of nine in greens and regulation, hit seven of those approach shots inside of 20 feet, average proximity 15 feet, five inches. He gained 2.3 strokes on approach just over the final nine holes. And, you know, when we do that modeling and we talk about the stats, and I put it in my point spread weekly column, one of the things that usually is on there more often than not is strokes gained approach. And when Daniel Berger withdrew, he was the defending champion at Pebble Beach. When he withdrew, who was number one in this field over the last 24 rounds for strokes gained approach leaning into this event? It was Tom Hoagie. And look, that's something to be said, too, for persistence. When you go ahead and do outright futures boards every single week, sometimes the guy's not going to get there for you right away. I had Tom Hoagie a couple weeks ago where he was runner-up at the American Express, and sometimes you got to stick with guys a little bit. You don't want to necessarily be like a love them, leave them type of deal. And Tom Hoagie paid off for both of us. So congratulations to him. Also, Harold Varner, who will also be in this week's field with Tom Hoagie, 50 to 1 at the Saudi International, still looking for his first PGA Tour win, but got that win with that great eagle putt on 18 to outlast Bubba Watson and Audrey Arno. So Harold Varner at the third, back in the winner's circle. He finally made a putt from 92 feet. I know. Feet we to often joke. Like, I've never seen Harold Varner make a putt, and then he makes that one, 92 feet for <laughs> Eagle. So, uh, 
Both of those winners from last week are in this week's field. And by the way, this week's field absolutely loaded, especially at the top. 18 of the top 30 in the OWGR are in this field, six of the top 10. That was a great finish last week at Pebble Beach. I really thought Jordan Spieth was going to take that trophy home. Uh, but Tom Hoagie nearly holed out for Eagle on the 16th hole, tapped it in for birdie to tie Jordan Spieth. And then Spieth bogeyed the 17th hole at Pebble. And Tom Hoagie made a bomb of his own, not quite as long as Harold Varner, but about mm -hmm. 22 feet for Tom Hoagie on 17 to birdie it. And that gave him a two-shot cushion heading into the par 5th, 18th. That dart at 16, because I thought if that had one more roll, that was going to be a hole out from the fairway. And that would have really put the event away for Tom Hoagie. Just an absolute bullet in there. So score one for the uh, SG approach numbers, uh, because Tom Hoagie topped the list coming in and top the list going out. In 2022, we have now hit outrights with Cameron Smith at Kapalua, Hideki Matsuyama at the Sony, and now Hoagie at Pebble. And, of course, the near misses two weeks ago at Torrey Pines with Zala Torres and Justin Rose. That's three outright winners in the first five weeks of the new year. Stay hot, right? Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully uh, we continue our winning ways down in Scottsdale this week. All right. We go from coastal locations in La Jolla and Pacific Grove, California, to the Sonoran Desert and TPC Scottsdale for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Matt Humans and I were lucky enough to play this course last summer when we were down there to do a remote broadcast for DraftKings. They were launching their sports book at TPC Scottsdale, and Arizona was just kicking off legalized sports betting in the state. And I can tell you, Wes, the fairways are pretty wide here. I don't think driving accuracy is going to play a role. And the shorter hitters, I don't think they are at a distinct advantage this week either because the course is going to play firm and fast, especially this time of year. And the ball will travel further with that thin desert mm -hmm. air. Uh, you know, this can be a birdie fest. And, and I think that's where the tournament is really going to be won or lost. Uh, what you're going to do after the tee ball on approach on and around the greens. Yeah, you mentioned, Brady, this is at elevation, I think the fifth highest on PGA Tour, about 1,500 feet above sea level. This is the stadium course at TPC Scottsdale, par 71, 72, 61. Average length by PGA Tour standards, 11 par fours, four par threes, and three par fives. Bermuda fairways overseeded with rye and fescue. Bermuda greens, but overseeded with poa and rye. So not necessarily firm Bermuda. It's uh, 12 uh, on the stint meter. These are large greens, a little bit over 7,000 yards. So the back nine is really the showcase. You got the reachable par 5, 15th with water working on the left side. Then you got the 16th, of course, the famous amphitheater hole with the grandstand where everybody's going crazy on the par three. Drivable par four at 17, about a little over 330 yards. And then the 18th with water and deep bunkering. So Scottsdale, when I was looking at correlated courses, and I'll be interested to get our guest Drew Stoltz's thoughts, uh, TPC Summerlin, I looked at PGA West Stadium course, TPC Sawgrass, we've seen a pattern of people winning the Players' Championship that have also won this event, Webb Simpson, Ricky Fowler, Phil Mickelson, to name a few. Also looked a little bit at Silverado, a little bit at Summit Club. So, you know, more of a desert track this week than we've had the last couple weeks. Yeah, I, I'm on some of those as well. Like last week, I didn't really think there was a perfect corollary course to TPC Scottsdale, but I did look at other desert tracks where you have a lot of similarity as far as the elevation, course conditions, nuances in design. And I, too, fell on TPC Summerlin, where they play the Shriners, the Summit Club. 
Club, where they played the CJ Cup last fall, and then finally the American Express in La Quinta. You mentioned the stadium course. They play a rotation of desert courses there. Let's kick off our member guest segment and bring in our man, Drew Stoltz, and get his insights on the handicap for this tournament. Drew is the host of Grazy and the Sleaze on PGA Tour Radio and also the host of the Golf Subpar podcast, both with our friend Colt Nost. And you can follow Drew on Twitter at the Sleazy Man. Drew, thank you so much for joining us on Long Shots once again. You're a repeat offender, my friend. You always cover TPC Scottsdale and the W. UM Phoenix Open for us. And of course, you've played this course a number of times living in the area. Wes and I were just going over our thoughts on how we think this course will play and what it'll take to win this week. What type of player, what skill sets do you feel are going to be most important when taking on TPC Scottsdale? Yeah, boys, thank you for having me. Always fun to talk about a little WM Phoenix Open here. The circus is in town. People are already showing up. It's going to be an awesome week. It'll be a complete gong show. And I heard you guys last segment there talking about some of the skill sets that you like going into the week. I mean, driving distance, when you look back at some of these past winners who have done well here, you got Brooks Kepka last year, long ball hitter. Hideki's played great here. He's won. Bubba Watson, Gary Woodland. There's a lot of long ball hitters, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to do it to win out here. you got a Webb Simpson who's played incredible here who hasn't. So distance does play an advantage, but that's, you can say that about every course across the PGA Tour, right? There's never a course where you're like, oh, it stinks to hit it far on this golf course. Never is that the case, but there are a few holes where you can take advantage of it. The 18th, for instance, where if you're a shorter hitter, you're going to try to peel a three-wood right to left or a driver in between the lake and the bunkers. It's a fairly hard tee shot. Uh, you know, in the last few years, we've seen the long guys just step up, ship it over the lake, past the church, you know, right in the middle of the church, few bunkers are equivalent to it, and flipping, you know, gap wedges into that hole. So driving distance plays a role just like everywhere else. But this year especially, going out and being on the golf course the last day or two, it is so firm. It is firmer than I can remember seeing this golf course, especially early in the week. The temperatures this week are expected to be around 80. No rain in the forecast. I think this place is going to get very, very bouncy which is going to let some of the shorter hitters, I think, have clubs into some of these holes that, they aren't, that they've never hit before in the past. So the thing I'm looking for, though, these greens are getting very bouncy. And assuming they don't put a bunch of water on them, I'm looking at I like high ball hitters that can bring it in high on their second shots. I'm talking guys like Hideki. I'm talking guys like Scotty Scheffler, Justin Thomas, those guys. I think even if you miss the fairway, the rough's not that bad, but you're going to have to stop the ball with trajectory as opposed to spin. And I think being able to hit it to the moon this week is going to be a big advantage. So, Drew, before we get to who you like for this event at the Waste Management Phoenix Open, any courses that you have played or you have seen on the PGA Tour that you think might have a correlation to success here at TPC Scottsdale? Yeah, you guys mentioned a couple of them there. You're going to immediately look to, like, desert golf courses. So you're going to look down at the Amex and the stadium course. You're going to look at Summerlin and Vegas. I heard you guys mention the Summit Club. Those are all pretty good comps. I think the difference being, like, at the Summit, for instance, like, the desert seems to be more in play on an errant shot than it is at TPC Scottsdale. There's a handful of holes where you can find the desert, but it takes a, a bigger miss to play to play from the desert out here. And the desert is relatively forgiving out here. It's not thick gorse and it's not super rocky you know sharp edges where you're going to take drops or things like that it's very playable from out of there most of the time unless it rolls into a bush but you don't see a ton of shots coming out of the desert like you would at you know dove mountain for instance back in the day when they had the wgc out there guys were playing from all over that place and taking drops from and stuff like that so i think you guys hit on some of the ones 
um, that, that I would touch on, too. You're going to see the difference being, like, when you go to Vegas and Summerlin, it's earlier in the year. The course doesn't have time to get firm yet. It hasn't seen those cold temperatures yet where this ride can really set in and get the ball bouncing like you're seeing in Scottsdale right now. So it's still – you hit on all the right ones, I think, with the desert golf courses and those ones you mentioned. But it's just – conditions will be a little bit different. You're going to see it a little bouncier, a little bit firmer than you saw some of those other golf courses. And the desert – really, other than a, you know, a pretty substantial miss, doesn't come into play all that much at TPC Scott. So you're gonna, there's more room, uh, there's more space for Ruff to grab the ball before it gets into the desert than, than the Summit Club, for instance. Drew, we've got a lot of heavy hitters at the top of the odds board this week. A really good field for the Phoenix Open. John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Hideki Matsuyama, Kepka, Jordan Spieth. Last week at Pebble, we had a long shot winner in Tom Hoagie. Do you feel like this week is going to produce a shorter shot, one of the pre-tournament favorites, or do you feel like some of the longer shots are in play once again? Man, I love seeing Tom Hoagie win uh, last week. Shout out to my fellow TCU Horn Frog getting the job done. I really think when you look at this field this week, though, at TPC Scottsdale, I think you're going to see one of the big names up near the top. I mean, you got like the names you mentioned, Rom, JT. You got Victor Hovland playing some of the best golf on the planet right now. Patrick Cantlay is here. Hideki. There's just too many names for it not to yield one of the big guys, I think. However, when I say that, if you're talking about just straight odds, I mean, you can go down the odd sheet and you can find some pretty big names with some pretty long odds this week. Actually, I'm talking about guys like Harris English, right? You got a Ryder Cupper there. He's going off at 55 to 1 on a golf course that I think should suit him very well. Hits it high, puts it really well. You got past champion Gary Woodland, obviously not in his best form currently, but he's going off at 90 to 1. So both of those guys, I would still say, are a quote unquote big name. But when you look at their odds, it's not really reflected in that. But I think you're going to see a marquee name in uh, the world of golf uh, hoisting the, the trophy at the end of this week. It's just too stacked across the board. Drew, when I was doing my research, one of the things that I found is that other than, I believe, Augusta National and Wiley Country Club for the Sony Open, the Phoenix Open is the most reliant, I think, on course history in terms of guys that play mm-hmm. well here every year tend to play well here every year and years further along. But if you look at some of the guys here, there's a lot of first-timers this week and some big names. Patrick Cantlay, Victor Hovland, hottest player on the planet you mentioned, but this is only his second time here. Matt Fitzpatrick, Adam Scott, I was surprised to see him in the field. He never plays this event. Do you feel that course experience really, you know, is going to separate those guys? And would you be looking to maybe not get involved with the first timers here? Well, like you guys, I tend to look at all that stuff. And I like guys that have played well here in the past, clearly, right? That's what I'm looking at. And there's so many guys that seem to play well here week or year after year. Not to say that a first-time guy couldn't come in and play well. Could Victor Hovland come in this week and win? I mean, absolutely. Would nothing? I mean, that wouldn't shock me. At all, and when I look at this golf course, it's not one that I think like takes a bunch of times around it to figure it out. It's pretty right in front of you. It's pretty self-explanatory. The one thing that might be different is just getting used to the atmosphere out there. It is a different animal than the the normal PGA Tour week. The front nine is pretty mundane. It's pretty quiet. You got people out there. Your normal golf crowds. By the time you make the turn onto the back nine, you start hearing the roars. You start hearing the people yelling. It gets a little bit different. So I think guys that lean into that, and maybe it takes a year or two to get accustomed to that whole environment. But I don't see this golf course as one. It's like, oh, like Augusta National, where you're like, oh, you need to go see that place, you know, three or four times to really kind of understand how you want to attack it. This really doesn't, um, in my mind, strike me as one of those golf courses. But when you look at it historically, there's like four or five names right off the jump. You could name like that guy plays well here every single year.
That's a great point you bring up, Drew, about the uh, crowd noise and the party that is the 16th hole at TPC Sawgrass. Yeah, for these first-timers, that might be a rude, uh, rude awakening, that, that raucous environment there at the famous par 3. Drew, you know these players on tour so well, and it really seems like uh, in 2022 there's a lot of new faces popping up on leaderboards and in fields every week. Are there some sleepers out there that we should be keeping an eye on, either new names, up-and-comers, or maybe some old veterans that you think might play well this week? Yeah, I mean, the tour is just so loaded now. It's like a new young guy comes out every single year and he's ready to win on the PGA Tour. I actually, when, I'm, when I was looking for like a, a sleeper this week, quote-unquote, if you want to call it that, I went a little bit down the board. A guy, this is a guy who was local for a number of years. He's played this golf course a thousand times. He checks all the boxes. He hits it crazy high with his irons. He launches his driver. He can carry a lot of these bunkers and things that you need at like 290-plus. He's got speed. He plays great, if you like the correlation deal. He plays great in Las Vegas, it seems like, every single year. And he knows these conditions. He's very comfortable on these, you know, overseated rye conditions that you're going to see out here. And that's Martin Laird. Um, he just, he's kind of a feast or famine type of guy. He'll go away for a long time and then, bam, he pops up in one of the last groups on Sunday, just kind of out of nowhere. And he's the guy I'm just looking at who's kind of sneaky this week, who checks all the boxes, has been a little under the radar. But Desert Golf, he knows it well and he plays it incredibly well. So that's not a new name, obviously. I'm going more with like an old crafty veteran. But he's the guy that, that jumps out to me. Hardy Marty, who did win here at TPC Summerlin yeah. a couple of years ago in the Shriners. Uh, Drew, anybody maybe right now that you don't see in the best of form or maybe that you don't think is necessarily a good fit here at TPC Scottsdale that you might be looking to kind of avoid this week? Yeah, you know, there's so many big names up at the top, and any one of these guys can click at, at any given week. The one guy that I'm kind of surprised uh, – this year, starting off the year, hasn't had a better run to start is Abe Answer. I mean, he's only got three starts this calendar year, but he's got a 35th, a missed cut, and a 40th. And when you think of Abe, he's such a great iron player. He hits it so well. Not the longest off the tee, but gets it out there pretty good, especially a week like this week where he's going to get some on the ground as well. But he's more of a flat ball hitter. It's kind of it's not coming in from the moon, dropping it down on top of flag sticks like some of these guys you know, that we mentioned earlier in the show are. And I'm just kind of waiting for him to, to – you know, get back to his form that we're used to seeing him in. He, he's typically so reliable from tee to green, and I don't know if it's the putter right now that's causing him issues or if he's not hitting it the way he's used to, but haven't seen a ton from Abe Answer that makes me um, extremely optimistic about him this week. And with that being said, he'll probably go out there and hit it like Hogan and win the same <laughs> fireball. <laughs> All right, so how about your top foursome this week, Drew? When you uh, either punch it in on your phone or you walk to the window there in Arizona, who are the top four players you have this week to win in Scottsdale? Yeah, it's hard to stray too far from the top of the odd sheets, as boring as that is. But I'll tell you this right now, off the jump, anytime John Rahm is in the field, I'm good. I like John Rahm to win. His odds are getting crazy. I mean, he's like, what, plus 750 this week to win? I mean, you're getting into some weird territory there with John Rahm. But if you're just betting who do I think will win the Phoenix Open, John Rahm is going to be on that list. And right next to him in that same category, we talk about this a lot on our show on Sirius, is Patrick Cantlay right now, I think, is in the same category with John Rahm. And what separates them from virtually every other player in the world right now is their bad golf is the best in the world. John Rahm plays bad, and he finishes 12th. You know, he still puts, gives himself a chance. Patrick Cantlay didn't have his best stuff, especially on Sunday this past week at Pebble, yet he had put himself in a position to win on Sunday. I feel like their bad stuff 
is better than everybody else's bad stuff right now. I'll give you two other names that I like, neither of those first two being a surprise. I really like Scotty Scheffler this week. I think, you know, he's been beating around the bush, knocking on the door, hasn't got it done yet, hits bombs, hits it as hot. He hits it higher than anyone on the PGA Tour, which I think is a huge um, thing to consider this week. And he puts it, obviously, he's a Ryder Cup player. He's done some big things. He's just waiting for that breakout moment, and I have very high expectations for Scotty Scheffler this week. And my last one would be the guy we mentioned as maybe the hottest golfer on the planet, Victor Hovland. I mean, his chipping's not great, but it's getting better. And the good news for Victor is when you don't, when you hit it like Victor Hovland, you don't have to be that great at chipping because you only chip a handful of times, you know, in a given round. And the chipping areas out here at Scottsdale aren't that tricky, in my opinion. It's a lot of these, you know, kind of collection areas, really tight grass. You can lay the blade open. It's a little spinners. You don't have to judge lies too much. You're not chipping from the rough a whole lot. So, I, And if you wanted to, if you just hate chipping, you can use putter from almost anywhere around this place if you're not missing the green by a wide margin. So I like Victor Hovland to continue his stretch and the way he's hitting the ball right now, uh, his putting being as good as it is. I got to include him on my list. A couple of those names actually did make my card, which we'll get to at the end of the program. But, Drew, we're 59 days away from the season's first major. That, of course, the Masters at Augusta National beginning on April 7th. Anybody that you've kind of targeted and pinpointed this year, and we know things are going to change with two months of golf in between a lot of big tournaments, the Genesis, WGC match play, the players, et cetera, et cetera. But anybody that you've targeted and pinpointed and say, okay, I think this is their year to get the green jacket. Yeah, you know, every year when the Masters starts coming up, it's so hard for me to get away from Justin Thomas. Mm -hmm. Just when you think of Augusta National, it's a second-shot golf course. It's more precise than anywhere else. That's why Tiger Woods has been as good as he has around there. He hits his irons pin high and hits the shot shape that he wants better than anybody else. I think JT is entering that category. For my money, I think he's got the biggest variety of shots on the, on the PGA Tour with his irons. He can flight it down. He's got that really soft one, smooth tempo that he hits when he wants to hit wedges in there and take some spin off of it. He can move it right to left. He can move it left to right, high, low. He's just got a whole array uh, with the irons, and I just feel like, uh, you know, he's been around the place enough times now. I just feel like that golf course, with, with how good you have to be with your irons and on your second shots, just screams Justin Thomas. Drew, I want to follow up on that really quickly because, of course, uh, Justin Thomas made the change, Jim Bones McKay, out of the uh, broadcast yep. booth, or rather the course, rather. He's working with Golf Channel and NBC. And Bones said, you know what? I'm not just coming back for any player. I'm coming back for somebody like Justin mm -hmm. Thomas. What do you think Bones gives JT that maybe he kind of lacked last year? I think just experience and guidance. And I think JT, you know, being one of the few guys that Bones would have considered hopping on the back for and hopping off the microphone for, you're getting a guy in Justin Thomas that's not a ton dissimilar to his former boss, Phil Mickelson. He's a guy that will take a gamble. He's a guy that will hit a couple – weird squirrely shots and put himself in some spots and he'll take on risk a lot like Phil Mickelson. So I think just bones having had that experience with Phil and knowing how to, you know, I don't want to say put the reins on those guys, but knowing when to let them run and when to maybe like, okay, dude, maybe it's time to tighten up here and we play it back a little bit, just talking him through it. And I mean, what player wouldn't want to have a guy like bones on the bag that's been in every single situation imaginable on the golf course, major championships, Ryder cup, president's cup, you name it. He's been there. So I think just the added level of confidence, knowing that he can trust Bones. He can call him in to read putts. He can, uh, Bones is out there all the time. I actually got to play with Justin Thomas on Saturday, and Bones came out, and they're talking through shots and going through it. It seems like the chemistry is all there. So I think, um, you know, that's a, 
that's a pretty good uh, pairing for both of those guys. I think both of them are very happy that that worked out the way it did. And um, anytime you get a dude like Bones on the bag, I don't think it can help you feel anything but more confident. Great stuff as always, Drew. Thank you very much for joining us once again on Long Shots. And enjoy the WM Phoenix Open, my friend. You got it, boys. Appreciate you. Happy betting. You Drew, got thank it. Thank you very much, man. Will you be out here for the Masters again out in Las Vegas? You know what? I'm actually going to be in Augusta this year for the Masters, but if I could be anywhere else on the planet, it'd be right there in Vegas with you guys. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe the following year we'll catch up with you again here in Vegas for the Masters. Be good, my friend. Thank you again. Deal. You got it. Take care, boys. All right, that is Drew Stoltz. You can follow him on Twitter at the Sleazy Man, part of the Sleazy and Gravy crew on PGA Tour Radio on Sirius XM, and also hosts the Golf Subpar Podcast. Always nice, by the way, when you play around with the player that you happen to like this week to uh, win the event, and you see something. There's uh, no nothing to replace like actually seeing a guy in person and getting some insights from him from his game. So. Uh, that just may end up on my card this week. We shall see. Or or maybe he saw some things that he didn't like because JT did not make his foursome that he said he was going <laughs> to run to the window with. So we'll take a quick break on long shots and come back and look across the pond as the European tour marches along. Wes will have a breakdown and his plays when we come back right here on Long Shots. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. It is time to go across the pond. Another event on the DP World Tour, the European Tour, formerly the European Tour. Wes, what do you got for us, my man? Yeah, second week in a row, they are at Ross Al-Khaimah in the United Arab Emirates. By the way, they're doing two events here this year because it replaced the Qatar Masters, which is likely to be held in April, but got moved back due to COVID-19 restrictions. The winner last week on this course was Nikolai Hogard, uh, one of the two Danish Hogard twins, and he shot 24 under 264, won this event at 25 to 1. So both of the Hogard brothers, and more on the other one in just a moment, 
are back here at RAK to play this course two weeks in a row. Kind of the guys at the top of the board. Jordan Smith, by the way, finished runner-up. He is 18-1, to one, attempting to go one spot better. Adri Arnos, 25-1. to one. Thomas Detry, 25-1. to one. He was T9 here last week. Robert McIntyre, 28-1. to one. He was T13. Justin Harding at 30-1. to one. These are kind of the top guys on the leaderboard. Remember, Harding actually led at Dubai a couple weeks ago after 18, 36, and 54 holes. Was in the final pairing, but settled for a T4 finish. So this is Alhambra Golf Club once again. Again. And, uh, you know, same venue that they played last week, uh, 7325 par 72 traditional desert type setup. It is set off the coast, though, of RAK. So you got exposed fairways, desert surroundings, complemented by some water hazards in the shape of lagoons on several of these holes. Paspalum grass is used for this course, similar to what we saw in Abu Dhabi three weeks ago. And for those that played Saudi Arabia last week for the Saudi International on the Asian Tour, and one of those guys that played that event was Adri Arnas at 25-1. to 1. He was third at the Saudi International against a world-class field. Very top end was second in last week's field for putts per green and regulation on very similar Paspalum greens. Arnos, the Spaniard, also does have a victory on this course. That back in 2018 for the RAK Challenge Tour Grand Final. Challenge Tour, by the way, the equivalent on the DP World Tour to what the Corn Ferry Tour is over here stateside. So Adri Arnos, 25 to 1. And then I'm going to go with the other Hoygaard, Rasmus Hoygaard at 30-1. to 1. I think he might be inspired and spurred on by his brother's triumph last week. And we've already seen back-to-back Hoygaard victories in recent past. Uh, Nikolai Hoygaard once won the Italian Open the week after. Rasmus Hoygaard won the, uh, Switzer, the Masters over in Switzerland, mm. the European Masters. So these guys tend to... It's a rivalry, but it's a good rivalry. It's a good sibling rivalry between the twins. So I think they spur each other on. Rasmus has had success, can putt well on Paspalum, was sixth in Oman, was sixth at the Saudi last year. So this is a guy I think that'll like these greens and fare better this week. Another guy that was in contention, didn't quite get there last week, but all of a sudden has found something in his game. And remember how many cuts he was missing in a row last year. That's Haltong Lee mm-hmm. at 35 to 1. Open with the 74 here last week and was bad off the tee, but then he responded the last three rounds, 66, 68, and then a 63 on Sunday, which got him into third place. Really why he kind of fell off the map was that he couldn't find fairways. He was struggling with the driver, and those seemed to be kind of maybe not totally behind him, but certainly getting behind him. So Hawton Lee at 35 to one, and then a trio at 66 to one, a couple South Africa, actually all South Africans here, Daniel Von Tonder T 13 here last week. He was three over through his first three holes on Thursday, eventually shot 73 and then went 68, 69, 65. So I think he figured something out kind of toward the end of that tournament last week. And the top two finishers here, by the way, last week, that being, of course, Nikolai Hoygaard and Jordan Smith, they were first and second for strokes gained off the tee. And I think that category is really important this way, this week in this event. Van Tonder was seventh on the tour last year in strokes gained off the tee. So I think he'll fare well this time around. Brandon Stone, 66 to one. He was actually a guy I had last week. He was in contention after 36 going into Saturday and then shot 76 and that ended his chances. And this applies to not only Stone, but the next player I'm going to mention 
Both have played well at Dom Pedro Victoria, which hosts the Portugal Masters. Kind of seems to have a strong correlation here with Alhamra. Brandon Stone finished runner-up in that Portugal event back in 2019. And then the man that won that event the following year in 2020 is South African George Katsia, mm. also at 66 The USD Torero. Yes, absolutely. He was 27th last week, but he was 11th in the field, strokes gained T to green. So I like that little correlation. And look, when you're dealing with kind of these imbalanced fields on the DP World Tour, you got to kind of get creative a little bit and find, you know, course correlations or different type of angles because there's not as much stat data as there is on the PGA Tour. So went with uh, George Katsia, Brandon Stone, Daniel Van Tonder, a trio of South Africans at 66 to 1. You know, it's interesting that they're doubling up on this same course for the second week in a row, and it reminds me a little bit of the Workday Championship, right. or Workday Classic, whatever. They called it, and then the memorial mm -hmm. playing uh, Jack Nicholas's course there in Dublin, Ohio, two weeks in a row. Now, when they went from the work day to the memorial, it, it was really a very you know, pretty significantly different golf yes. course. Jack yeah. grew the rough and he did different. Yeah. He sped up the greens and he changed it for the memorial versus what the workday was. Any changes that you know of, or is it going to be the same track all over again? I do think, you think by and large, other than maybe some pin placements, it's pretty much going to be the same. But if you remember though, going back uh, kind of uh, the last couple of years on the DP world tour, there've been several times where they had events on back-to-back -back weeks. I think they did once at Celtic Manor, uh, and they, they had back-to-back -back different tournaments, but the same golf course. And I read this, I think it might have been uh, Steve Rawlings over at Betfair that had this, if memory serves me correctly. You really didn't see a lot of carryover, and I think that's always the temptation. It's like, okay, we got to go ahead and play the same guys that did so well last week. Well, keep in mind, they're already discounted. Like, Jordan Smith is like half of his price last week. Like, go back to the, uh, the Celtic Classic in August 2020. I was talking about Celtic Manor. And, you know, the winner was uh, Sam Horsfield, and then he was 44th the next week in the same, on the same course in a different event. In Cyprus, not a lot of carryover, except for the fact Callum Shanklin did win the Cyprus Open, and then the Cyprus Showdown finished fourth. But you've seen guys in the past here in these back-to-back -back events. Actually, one happened last year. Daniel Van Tonder, one of the guys they played last week, missed the cut at the Kenya Open. And then the very following week on the same exact golf course, won the Kenya Savannah Classic. So, you know, you don't really get – you get a couple guys that play well both weeks, but a lot of times don't be afraid to play guys that were like 30th and 40th, like they can, eh, they're going to finish the same the next week because they've gone on and won these events the very following week. As far as major implications, I don't believe anything has changed since last week. I have Cameron Smith at 40 to 1 and Jason Day at 125 to 1 to win the Masters. Jason Day not yet qualified for the field, and that's why that price was so big when I got it. His price has since been cut as he gets closer to that top 50 ranking in the world with a couple of good finishes at Torrey Pines and Pebble Beach. You have Justin Thomas at 14 to 1. Our guest, Drew Stoltz mentioned that he likes JT and then of course Matt Humans has Cameron Smith at 41 to 1 and Will Zalatoris at 40 to 1. Anyone else Wes that is starting to come into focus for you that you're thinking about landing on for the Masters? Yeah I've been kind of looking around and, and maybe I'm going to add one per week or one per every two weeks leading up to the event you know don't want to have too much exposure but obviously you mentioned I have Justin Thomas uh, I know Victor Hovland is the hottest player in the world but 
but I don't know if I want to go him when he doesn't have as much Augusta national experience, but couple guys that I'm looking at maybe a little bit down the board, Jason Kokrak. Mm-hmm. I think maybe could be a guy that could play well here, a veteran guy. Now he's been here a couple times. I want to see how Tony Finau plays. He's kind of off to a slow start this year. I want to see if he can get right. Maybe it's this week he gets right. Thomas Peters would be an international mm-hmm. guy mm-hmm. I would be looking at. I probably missed a good price on him, but still probably can get a number. And by the way, even if you miss the number, there is a possibility it could drift back up sure. a little bit sure we've got a lot of time yeah as these guys win obviously their price gets shortened pretty much every week so you're going to see these numbers flipping and flopping all over the place all right when we come back it is time for our match play segment Wes myself and Matt Humans plays for the week at the WM Phoenix Open we'll be right back on long shots Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Long Shots. Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds with you. And it's time for our match play segment where we go over all of our plays for this week's event. Of course, that is the Waste Management Phoenix Open coinciding with Super Bowl weekend. Always a great event. And, you know, I think it is such a great pregame show. They call it the greatest show on grass. I think it's the greatest pregame show Mm -hmm. in the history of pregame shows for football. Except when it dips into the game, like when I had Matsuyama a few years ago and he's in that playoff with Ricky Fowler and it went several holes and the game had already started. It's like, well, what do I have more money on? Can I win more money on this future on Matsuyama or more money on the Super Bowl? So I was sticking with the golf when all of America turned to the football game. Usually it uh, finishes up 
just before kickoff or just after they, kickoff. Yeah, they and, tr- they try to get it done, but then when you get like that playoff yeah, type playoff thing, which you can you. get here, there have been several playoffs actually uh, wrote about it. I think over the last, uh, I think it was 11 years, there had been like five playoffs in, in this event. Uh, the last one, of course, two years ago, where you got the better of me. You had Webb Simpson. I had Tony Finau. So uh, I got the short end of the stick over that. Uh, Ches Reeby and Gary Woodland went to a playoff in 2018. Matsuyama and Webb Simpson and then Matsuyama and Ricky Fowler, the one I refer to where I got on Matsuyama in 2016. Mark Wilson and Jason Duffner back in 2011. So a few playoffs over the last decade here. Yeah, that Webb Simpson winner a couple years ago was my last winner of the day. I had the 49ers later on against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. But uh, absolutely, the Phoenix Open, the final round on Sunday, a great appetizer to get ready, to get ready for Super Bowl Sunday. Let's go over uh, Matt Eumanns' plays first. He's got four futures. He went with Jordan Spieth at 21-1. to 1. Scotty Scheffler, a guy Drew Stoltz mentioned he really likes. And I thought Drew brought up a good point there about the high ball flight and attacking these pins from from the air rather than lower through the ground. And Scotty Scheffler, certainly one of those guys that hits a high ball. And that makes a lot of sense with these firm conditions that Drew talked about. Before we continue with Matt's card, I also have Scotty Scheffler around the same area, 28-1. to 1. And now that Drew mentioned that, what you just uh, reminded me, I kind of like it a little bit more. Scheffler was 20th in his last start two weeks ago at the Farmers. Third in the field for strokes gain approach, though, down there in Torrey Pines. Seventh here last year. He's the best player in the world right now at that PGA Tour victory, ranked number 15 in the OWGR. So one more vote for me for Scotty Scheffler. Very nice. Humans uh, also has Sam Burns, and this is a really good number, 35-1. to 1. And then Andrew Putnam, who really showed up last week at Pebble Beach and had a chance to win on Sunday. Matt has Andrew Putnam at 88-1. to 1. I almost got there with Jordan Speeth this week, Wes, but the price was just too short right, for me. Right. And, you know, I wonder what your thinking is there. You know, he really kind of let that tournament get away mm-hmm. at, at Pebble Beach mm-hmm. when he bogeyed the 17th hole. I thought it was absolutely his tournament to win with about three holes left to play. And so I wonder, is he going to, you know, bounce back? Or is that finish going to kind of drag him down a little bit? And maybe, you know, he's not a guy I want to be on this week. Well, if you remember Spieth about a year ago at this time. Yeah, that's where he he found his game again, He was about to fall out of the top 100 in the official world golf rankings. Went T4 here. Brooks Kepka ended up winning this, and he is the defending champion this year. And then the Didn't next week, did he shoot sixty-one or something? Yeah, he shot I, a real low number. I, I, I believe he did. Uh, uh, Jordan Spieth. I'm just, uh, yeah, he shot sixty-one on Saturday, but only shot seventy-two on Sunday. So he was in position to win. Didn't get it done. Then the next week, he went T3 at Pebble. Then he went T15 at the Genesis. Then he went T4 at the Arnold Palmer nowhere near the top at the players 48th ninth at the match play and then he won at the Valero so it might take a couple weeks for Jordan Spieth I think really to get that win but I think eventually it's coming it could come on the floor to swing one thing I'll say about Andrew Putnam too Matt's long shot by the way Putnam did finish seventh there last year he was sixth last week at Pebble Beach Putnam's been pretty solid on desert golf courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's been good at the Amex. Tends if I to recall. play very well at the American Express. I believe his lone PGA Tour win. I'm trying to go from memory. Not a desert course, but a birdie fest type of place.
place. I believe it was at the Barracuda Championship or what was then known as the Reno Tahoe Open back in 2018. But he's a guy that does play pretty solid on desert golf. Yeah, Matt could be on to something there with Jordan Spieth. The number was just too short for me. But, uh, yeah, his uh, his rebound may be in the works here real quick. And that's where we saw it kick off last year for Jordan Spieth at the Phoenix Open. All right, the rest of your plays, we know you're on Jordan or on Scotty Scheffler. Who mm-hmm. else? Yeah, a couple chalky guys before that, too. I did play Justin Thomas at 14-1. to 1. You can still get him at 12 or kind of in that range now. Two third-place finishes here at Phoenix. Uh, Back-to-back, he's got three top fives in his last four starts. Despite winning the players, and look, there is a correlation between the players, and I think the Phoenix Open, I mentioned Ricky Fowler, Webb Simpson, Phil Mickelson, a couple others, of course, who was the winner of the Players' Championship last year, that being Justin Thomas. But last year was disappointing for him. He never really contended in a single major. He wasn't there on Sunday in any of them. And that's why I asked Drew Stoltz this question earlier in the podcast. Enter Jim Bones Mackay, yeah. who, of course, was on Phil Mickelson's bag for about a quarter century. I think that that is going to make a difference. I think, you know, coming back, to just having a guy give you the confidence, say, hey, dude, you're the best player in the world. Well, you're it's, as good it's as like these teaming guys. up with a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Right? He's like, you're as good as these guys. You're just as good as John Rahm. And John Rahm, by the way, I did not bet this week. He popped on all the models, all the stat categories. Of course, he's going to. I'll be interested to see how John Rahm, though, does perform here because this is one of those regular events. Look, you always want to win, Brady, but this is one probably that Rom really wants because he lives in Scottsdale. Yeah, went to ASU. Um, yeah, member of a nearby golf course here. So, yeah, he really wants this, but it's like kind of a home guy when you play in your home country. Like a lot of these European or international players, there's a lot of pressure. So, if John Rom beats me at plus 750, I will go ahead and live with it. So, Justin Thomas, 14 to 1. And then a guy that does not have really a great profile here. He's only played here once. He missed the cut here two years ago. That's Victor Hovland, 18-1. to You went with Victor. Yeah, I did. Uh, Hard to ignore the hottest player in the world right now. At the time, he did not have any professional wins when he missed that cut. So I can excuse that missed cut because it's like he just turned professional. But ever since then, in 2020, when he missed a cut here, he's got six worldwide wins, including three victories in his last five starts. Number three in the OWGR, just behind Raman Morikawa. Other than the course history categories, you talk about a guy that was on every single stat category that I looked at, and I'll try to run through them briefly. Strokes gained, this is all last 24 rounds, by the way. Strokes gained ball striking, Victor Hovland, third. Strokes gained off the tee, sixth in this field. Strokes gained approach, fourth in this field. Strokes gained par four, 400 to 450 yards, 11th. Strokes gained par four, 450 to 500, third. Greens and regulation gained, 11th. Scoring opportunities gained second. Strokes gained TPC Scottsdale. That was the only category I profiled where he's not in there. Obviously, he only has two rounds here. So that was the only one I didn't look at. But look, uh, and Victor Hovland, I still think, is obviously very motivated. Number one, when you're playing well, you're going to be motivated. But he does not have a PGA Tour victory on the mainland yet. Two of his wins were at Mayacoba in Mexico and then the other one in Puerto Rico. So, uh, But at 18-1, to 1, I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a shot here. This could be a coming-out party here in the United States for Victor Hovland. So ignoring the lack of course history. And then uh, three, a trio of players at around 50-1 to 1 and change. Corey Connors, mm-hmm. sixth in this week's field for strokes gained ball striking. Surprisingly, he's been a little bit better off the tee than he has on approach. That's usually his strength of his game. 
He has a deserved reputation. He struggles on and around the greens, but he's actually gaining those categories in four of the last six starts. So Corey Connors, 50 to one, another 50 to one. And I'm going to go with the Hoagie theme because I stuck with Hoagie after he didn't get there for me at the Amex. So I'm going to stick with the guy that didn't get there earlier in the season at the Sony Open was Russell Henley, who, of mm-hmm. course, lost that playoff to Hideki Matsuyama. But after that start, you know, we often say how tough it is to get over when you probably should have won a tournament. And Henley led, like, all afternoon, and Matsuyama caught him. Next start out, he was 14th at the American Express. They get thinking, eh, 14th, big deal. But he had missed the cut on four or six appearances previously at that event. So I think that was a good sign. Over the last eight weeks, number one in strokes gain approach, number two in strokes gain, T to green, Russell Henley, 50 to one. A newbie here, Adam Scott, uh, and I got him a little over 50 to one. Also a former players champion now. Does not have the course history here. Actually changes schedule up. He has never played here before. Despite being 41 years old, he's a 40-year-old rookie here at TPC Scottsdale. Back-to-back top tens at Abu Dhabi and Dubai. So good start of the season for Scotty. And then two triple-digit bombs that I think could hit the first page of the leaderboard. Russell Knox, who I did use Mm -hmm. last week on my card, 160 to one this time. So about double the price. He was T33 last week, but he was third in the field on approach only behind Jordan Spieth and Troy Merritt, who was up there for the win, too, as well, tied for fourth, and just ahead of Tom Hoagie, who was terrific on approach last week, and Knox was even better. He he was just bad on the greens. He lost six strokes on the greens. Those are POA greens. These are more, even though they're not pure Bermuda, it's a lot more Bermuda than anything else, and I think he'll like this better. Three finishes of 16th or better here in six appearances at Phoenix, and then Adam Hadwin, 180-1, to one. T-16 last week at Pebble Beach, second in strokes gained T to green, only behind Jordan Spieth, by the way, and seventh in the field on approach. And Hadwin's a good, sneaky, good desert golf yeah. guy. Uh, two Great history up, at the Amex. Yeah, two runner-ups there at the Amex, a runner-up at the Safeway at Silverado, another third there at the Amex, and he was sixth right here at TPC Summerlin last fall for the Shriners. All right. Uh, my card has six outrights and a couple of head-to-head matchups. And as far as the short shots, I went with Daniel Berger. And I was a little bit worried about Berger's status because he withdrew with a back issue last week. But he has such a good history here at Phoenix. And if he's in the field, i got to figure he's healthy and ready to go once again. Three top tens plus an 11th place finish right here at TPC Scottsdale. He seems to really love putting these greens. I've always thought of him as a Bermuda grass putter going to Florida State and growing up in that part of the country. Uh, And that's what he's going to find again here. Terrific on approach, par four scoring, all the stats that I looked at this week. So Daniel Berger at 25 to one. Uh, I sided with uh, Matt Humans there and Sam Burns. I got him at 33 to one. Very good history at all the correlated courses. 21st on tour in strokes gained approach. Fifth in par four scoring. 21st in scrambling and seventh in birdie average. I went with Bubba Watson at 45 to 1. I was tempted. I was very tempted. I mean, obviously, he has that near miss. He thought he was going to get into a playoff at the uh, the, uh, Saudi Saudi International. Mm -hmm. uh, And then Harold Varner drains the 92-footer to knock him out. I do have Bubba in a matchup, by the way, uh, plus a dollar and a quarter over Louis Oosthuizen, who is making his first start of 2022. Played very well here previously in his one appearance, but... 
that's how I I approach Bubba. I think he's a good matchup play this week. Well, you mentioned it in your handicap of this golf course, and like Augusta National and like the Sony, it is one of the most uh, highest-ranked courses on tour for repeatability or course history, where guys that play well here typically always play well here, and Bubba Watson mm-hmm. is one of those guys. Uh, he's got five top five finishes here at TPC Scottsdale, so I just had to take a shot with Bubba, and if last week's any indication, then he should be in good form. And the price was probably fair. I mean, getting it in the high 40s, maybe even around 50, that's probably as fair as you're going to get. I mean, we talked about it with Jason Day last week, who didn't play poorly, but it was like, man, his price was way too short because I think that was a weaker field and this is a stronger field. But I still think that's fair for a guy that has such great history here. I don't like it really at anything shorter than 45. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did see something above 50 earlier today. So I, I think Bubba Watson, at least 45 or higher, is not a bad play. Uh, Seamus Power, I got at 50 to 1. And I've he, I've seen his odds uh, been cut. Boy, since... you talk about a guy getting close to a win, too. It's kind of like Hoagie, like how close yeah. he was posting good finishes. Man, you look at the form sheet on this guy. Doesn't have a lot of experience here, but. He's going to get a win here soon. He's just playing too darn well now. Well, to. we talk about Victor Hovland being the hottest player in the world. Maybe Seamus Powers, the second hottest player in the world. He's had uh, chances to win very recently, even last week at Pebble Beach. 61st on approach, 9th in par 4 scoring, 34th on tour in scrambling, and 18th in birdie average. I thought 50-1 to 1 was a pretty nice price on a guy that's playing as well as he is right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and look, I was on him at the Sony Open. So I wonder if I'm going to get buyer's remorse because I had him. He was tied for third at the Sony Open. And it's like, I haven't played him. And now he's got a ninth last week, 14th, third, 15th, and fourth, his last five overall worldwide starts. So it's like, is this going to be the week where he burns me? Or can I wait maybe another week for him to get a win? But he may get it for you this week. Well, Seamus Power, or if somebody burns you, it could be Sam as well. I, I would take that. But uh, Taylor Gooch is another player I went with at 66-1. to one, And basically similar thinking to my play on Seamus Power. Uh, just a guy that's in really good form. He's played well at all the comp courses, including an 11th at Summerlin, a 5th at the Summit Club, and a 4th at the American. Express. And then finally, I was happy to hear Drew Stoltz mention this guy. My long bomb, Martin Laird at mm-hmm. 175 to 1. He's won twice at TPC Summerlin. And Drew mentioned it. And this wasn't really part of my handicap, but with Drew informing us of those course conditions being so firm and needing to hit a high ball, Martin Laird, certainly one of the best high ball hitters. Uh, he's also finished second at TPC Summerlin in addition to those two wins. Has a seventh and a ninth place finish here at TPC Scottsdale also a top 10 at the American Express just really seems to play well on desert courses and then uh, for my two head-to-head matchups full tournament head-to-head matchups Billy Horschel at minus 125 over Max Homa I actually played that all right those are my two matchups Horschel over Homa and Bubba over Ustazen all right and then my other one is Sam Burns minus 125 over Tony Finau I'm hoping that the Oh, lackluster play. The uh, unstellar play of Tony Finau continues yeah, for let's at least peak another in the Florida week. Florida swing, Tony. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that is going to do it for another edition of Long Shots. Thank you to Wes Reynolds. Thank you to Matt Humans. Thank you to the crew. Thank you to all of you for tuning in. You know, the players are going to hit some very long shots. Hopefully, we do too. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.